No Dunks is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Seriously? Yep, it's true. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You know, guys, I saved so much money buying Elton John tickets last week. Now I can afford to go see something else. Maybe I'll go to Monster Jam or Sesame Street or Comtrues. Who? Yes, Comtrues is playing in Athens, Georgia next week. Heck, I might even go and see (laughs) Oprah Winfrey when she's in town in January. With the Game Time app, you get a ticket and you get a ticket and you get a ticket. Everybody gets a ticket! So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Trey Kirby, that's for you. Gotta eat these bacon-wrapped shrimp poppers and scallops all day. Sushi is my favourite. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dumps podcast on the Athletic Network. I'm J.E. Skeets up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and alongside me, the man making the magic happen, it's the birthday boy, J.D. How's it going, eh? Hey, how you doing, birthday boy? Uh, Joining us live from Atlanta. Ooh, not good by the sounds of it. Uh, a little hungover this morning, uh, I have to be honest. Had some pops last night with pops, the friends, did you? pops, yeah. Well, joining us live from Atlanta, we got the homie, Tass Mellis. Hey! What's up, Tass? We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey! Hey, hey yo, yo. yo! And the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friend. Mm, Lily. All right, thanks to everybody joining us on this Thursday morning. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash No Dunks Inc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And email your questions, comments, concerns to no dunks at theathletic.com. We stepped on the beach yesterday. Kicked our shoes off and our socks off. That show is now in your No Dunks podcast feed, so go download that one. These are quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts of the week, the Steppin' on the Beach, the Beach Steppin' podcast. And thanks again to everybody that sent in those questions. All right, we got lots to get to here. Got the Ben Simmons injury news to tackle. Lee's got Tweet of the Night. We do have a question, a follow-up question, actually, about one of the topics we talked about on that Beach Steppin' podcast. We'll hopefully find time to get to that. But first, a little true or false, guys. Looking back at some of the big games and storylines on Wednesday night. Giannis, 38 points, 16 boards, 9 assists, helped lead the Bucks to the 129-124 victory over the Clippers last night. Now, the Greek freak, he made some history along the way. He became the first player ever to register 200 points, 100 rebounds, and 50 assists in the first eight games of the season. But after the win... Giannis told ESPN's George Sedano that he can, quote, get a lot better. So the funny true or false here this morning is, true or false, Giannis can still get better? I think it's definitely true. Wow, that's scary. Yeah, but he still hasn't won a title. He still can get to that level, and he's going to have to to win. He Obviously, you look at his shooting, yeah, his shooting can get better. But I look at his finishing ability at the rim and the way he balances getting guys involved. Cause he's a point center. I don't think we've seen anything like him in NBA history. And he got to the conference finals last year. He lost to the Raptors because he didn't find that balance and he didn't finish at the rim. Like he could have against a, a Kawhi and Pascal defense. So yeah, he won an MVP, but he hasn't won a title. And I look at, the other side of the floor in that series with Kawhi Leonard being, you know, the number one and one, a guy on that team. And Giannis is going to have to do the same for the Milwaukee bucks. And I think, does he have the supporting cast that the Raptors had and, or can he be a guy that you rely on like Kawhi? Right. Uh, because Kawhi dragged that team, despite, you know, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry doing a lot of good things and, you know, sort of farther down the ledger, Fred Van Vliet and Marcus Gasol and Serge Ibaka can, Giannis be the guy you rely on to score in the way Kawhi did, and or can he rely on getting those other guys involved? And and I think he's going to have to get better at scoring and finishing. It, it, that kind of sounds stupid to say. He's shooting over sixty percent. <laughs> so you sound like a dumbass when you say it. But uh, when it gets when it gets to come to comes to playoff time, can he rely on you know Chris Middleton 
being his Pascal Siakam, Brooke Lopez being his Kyle Lowry, and all the way down the line, do they have the support, or is he just going to have to score inside? Is he going to say, you know what, I really like relying on my teammates, but I might have to pull a Kawhi and try and score on everybody. He might be a little too deferential, and he might have to score more. So, yeah, I think he can give. I think he can dominate better. He hit four threes last night, and the Clippers' plan was clearly like, you know what, take him and shoot him if you want, and he made them pay for it. And that's the part of his game that's been the weakness so far is that he doesn't have that reliable knockdown jump shot from anywhere, really. But he's clearly taking on that challenge, and he showed that last night. He's like, all right, I'm going to shoot these if you're going to give them to me. So sooner or later, teams are going to have to respect them. You still care about him hitting threes, though. Uh, To me, it's like he just won an MVP not being able to hit threes. It'd be awesome if he could shoot threes. It'd be great if Giannis was a 40% uh, three-point shooter, but... Also, I don't think it's super important that he that he learns from the outside. As long as, like Tass is saying, he's able to create his own shots, I think that'll be big because we've seen so many times in the past with dominant big men, Shaq, Joel Embiid, they don't necessarily get the ball in the fourth quarter because, you know, it's just harder to get the ball into the post. The advantage Giannis has is he's bringing the ball up the court, so he's seeing guys head on. Is he able to continue the production that he puts up for the first 40 minutes of a game in the last eight minutes of a game that will be the question come playoff time it would be awesome if he's able to knock down four threes a night but then he'd be averaging probably 50 points a game and that's not realistic to me he can't be good at everything he can't be great at everything so i don't know maybe play to your strengths he's improved his three-point shooting to some extent though i know last year was really really brutal he shot under 26 percent. he's a tiny bit better here early in the season but he's taking more and yeah hitting four in one game that's going to help the percentages I, I i look watching him it's amazing that his numbers are better than last year's that's mind-boggling he, he wins mvp and he's already gotten better here over eight games and i would even say he hasn't been that amazing yet and he does have another level and i think this is true you're right Tass, that he can get better and maybe it's... I hear what you're saying with the Kawhi thing. I think that is a good example. Right now, still with Giannis, even as great as he is, in your head, it's tough to wrap your head around. Tie game, a minute to go. Okay, Giannis is going to have the ball, but can he, without getting to the rim and then maybe to the free throw line where he's struggling a little bit and dunking on some guy, can he get to a comfortable spot on the floor to rise up over somebody like Kawhi has done a million times, like LeBron has done a million times, and hit a jumper? Um, you know, just find a little separation and get to the free throw line and, and knock it down. That that part, you know, we don't see a lot still from Giannis. If he adds that, it is over. It's over. I'm with you, Trey. The three, awesome if you've got it. But that, to me, that even little, just getting to that little spot and rising up and being able to hit that uh, in a key moment in a game, late in a game, that's the that's the next, next level for Giannis. But the guys, are, the guys averaging 29-14, nearly eight assists a game. It's... I mean, yeah. it's it, numbers I, wise, he can't get better. It really, really I mean, it doesn't feel it, like he can. No, it's just polishing, like you yeah. said, within five feet. Probably, he's never going to have a, a stop and pop jump shot. He he needs a dinker and dumper. He needs to be able mm-hmm. to just flick it over guys when he gets within, like, pretty close to the restricted circle. And he can get there basically every possession. But there's going to be multiple guys. That's what the Eastern Conference Finals came down to. There's a 60 win team. The Milwaukee Bucks were. They want he won MVP. It got down to the Raptors in, in, in game fives and game six there where, you know, the Raptors, you know, rattled off four straight to take that series. And it really came down to Giannis getting in close, uh, like you said, getting to his spot skeets and just finding a way to get two points on the board without getting to the free throw line and without passing out. Mm-hmm. And Trey brought it up in the offseason. Maybe he needs to add a sky hook. Learn that sky hook. It's, yeah, there's, some, there's something there. It's, it's either... It's either the hook. I'm looking at a poster of Kareem sitting on our floor because we're too lazy to hang things on our wall right now. Or you got to go Tim Duncan, Dinker and Dumper, just find the touch in close and or just have that confidence to shoot that because that didn't happen. He also was kind of reluctant and started passing out to Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton. And And that's, I think, the next level is just, hey, F it. I'm dunking on your head and let the official call it if it doesn't go in. Or, you know, find that little flick of the wrist to, to get it within. But he's not, he's not a stop-and-pop type guy, right? He's not, he's not on I think the bounce. That, I think that's more likely, though, he could add that element to his game than probably adding a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook. I mean, honestly. Uh, like, we don't no, see he's that. Got, Nobody does that in the NBA. Oh, I don't know. There's this kid, Amani Bates, who's the, the next big thing. He's already learning the skyhook at 15 years old. 
Giannis can do it. I'm surprised, Lee, that you didn't mention he should improve his free throw shooting. That, to me, would yeah. be key. If he shoots 80%, that'd be incredible. He went 14 of 18 from the line last night. Still airball the free throw. He's got to lead the league in airballed free throws so far this season. Yeah, I think he had two in one game. That's right, back-to-back. Uh, yeah. but, They're uh, hacking but that, him at the end of this game. Yeah, but the thing is, with his free throw shooting, he's, he's clearly working on just getting the mechanics right, and that's just down to reps. He's only 24 years old. You know, um, JJ Reddick and Kyle Corver had a really good podcast a long time ago talking about shooting. So much of shooting is just experience and age. You just get better with it. You just get smoother with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with Kyle Corver. Corver's on his team trying to help him. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, Kyle Corver helped LeBron at the line when he was in Cleveland. And so maybe he's having some impact on him there as well. But um, you, you can just tell that, that for Giannis right now, his shot isn't like the smoothest shot, but he's working so hard to get it mechanically right because. Once he feels more comfortable uh, shooting from anywhere, then that, that shot is going to be virtually impossible to stop when he can step back and do the Dirks and do the Kevin Durant's and things like that. So it's just time. I mean, it's just time. He can get better because all players say that. They never say, yeah, this is as good as I'm going to get. Um, but uh, the move I liked last night was the one where he kind of was going for a step back late, got the defender up in the air, and then turned around and just laid it up inside because that, to me, is, undef- is, is uh, indefensible. indefensible. Yeah, is that unguardable. Right? Unguardable. Yeah, it's both. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> because you know that that's that's where he's just showing like doesn't matter what the defender does, I'm just going to go and get a basket because you know he's got so many tools in the uh, in the in the toolbox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, uh, two two things I'll add. Uh, it's funny actually. There's a great article about Kyle Korver trying to help Giannis, and he said, "I'm, I'm going to Milwaukee. I'm going to try and help him shoot," but he doesn't go to Giannis and say, "Hey, let, let's have a little." little shooting seminar. It's not like he, he talks to Lee Allison. They have this, this shooting seminar like he did with the starters. He goes through Ben Sullivan, who is Giannis's exclusive coach, mm. and gives him tips that way. And, you know, he goes because Ben Sullivan is Giannis's guy, and so Corver kind of does it that way. Corver's a great teammate, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be little things that, you know, kind of drip through to, uh, to Giannis. And the second thing I'll say – yeah, I, I think it's going to be a Tim Duncan dinker that he just he just sure, flicks the ball sure. up and it's just soft on the rim. But Skeets, you think it's no dinkers? You think you? <laughs> I, I'm we're going to have a no dinkers hashtag when it comes playoff time. Um, I'm going to have a dinkers hashtag. When I, it comes I just to wouldn't time. be. I just, I'm just saying I would not be shocked if Giannis can add that sort of Durant, Kawhi, LeBron, get to my spot and rise up and and shoot it with some confidence. His three point shot doesn't look all that bad. It really doesn't. I, I, it's, you know, it's not Kyle Korver looking. It's not Clay Thompson looking. I get that. But it's not that gross. Um, and he's shooting it with some confidence. And he's shooting a lot of them. He's shooting nearly four threes a game. That's solid. You know, knocking in one a game. I mean, again, last night helped. I get that. But what's one more thing about the free throw line. Lee, you are the free throw doctor. Do you think, in all honesty, that maybe he should sp- speed up his you know, routine? Because he li- is like Carl Malone. He's nearly getting to 10 seconds. Like, if you count it's it in your worst. head, it's, it's like eight yeah. or nine seconds every time. And I just wonder, like, could more things go wrong? I know if your routine is your routine, you always want to, like, rep, uh, you know, do it over and over and over again. Repetition, repetition, repetition. But maybe, should they honestly consider tightening it up, just making it a little shorter? Yes, I think so. Because yeah. uh, it shows to me a lack of confidence if you need all that time to prepare it because you should just step there one dribble and bang knock it in you know Reggie Miller come on come on man Dennis Rodman was a terrible free throw shooter he didn't take a dribble he just literally went up and threw the ball at the rim Reggie Miller used to step to the line and you believed every single time he was going to knock that free throw in because he would just get there and go bang 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 dribble and knock it in and that's why you thought he was going to make it not because he was one of the greatest shooters of all time I don't know. This Giannis should be a better shooter. That would be incredible. But it's also like LeBron James when he was playing on the perimeter early in his career. Everybody said, get inside. With Joel Embiid, he's taken too many threes. It's get inside. Giannis yeah. is inside, dominating, winning the MVP, putting up monster numbers. And everybody's like, don't do what you're best at. Go learn something new. Well, don't the best uh, always add something new to their game? Isn't he better this year? D- yes. Yeah, Not from shooting, though. Not from shooting jumpers. He's just better. Stay more aggressive. You can get better at the things you're already good at. That's an improvement yeah, fair, as well. Fair. Well, look, he can't, look, no one's going to want him to shoot in the 60s at the free throw line. I think we can all agree. If he's fine, if he's shooting 75%, that's great because he gets to the line a million times, and he should because um, he deserves a lot of these calls because he's barreling into these guys, and guys are hacking him because he's so damn strong. Um, I just, I'm just saying, Trey, I, I'm with you. He's not Reggie Miller. I think that's a strange comparison a little bit, Lee, but I do think being there for nine seconds doesn't maybe help him. I think it could just ha- you just could have a quicker, a little more, just a faster routine. 
And I have nothing to back that up. It's just I'm something I've been watching with him. And it also mm. just stinks because it takes a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like it. Yeah. But, he, yeah, he was 14 of 18 yesterday, and he was he was calling for the Clippers to, to hack him. He yeah. was totally yeah. fine with it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's ready to go. It. Yeah, yeah. And look, and, and like to bring up Carl Malone once again, who took forever at the free throw line, he stunk, did he not, in his first couple of seasons in the NBA? Like, he was, he was a like pathetic under 40% free throw maybe. shooter. Yeah. And then became a really, really consistent, like, you know, probably in the – you know, mid to high 70s sort of free throw shooter. So, yeah, and no- Giannis is 74 for his yeah, career. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so, a great game from Giannis, and uh, it's, it's pretty wild that he's playing even better than he was last year winning the MVP. All right, well, sort of off of this game, guys, Kawhi Leonard, he sat out that loss last night, missing the front end of a back-to-back set as part of load management. Many derided the Clippers' decision <laughs> to sit Kawhi <laughs> against Giannis. With the poll quote of the day, it's probably coming from Doris Burke, who said, Kawhi not playing to me is ridiculous. A lot of people were weighing in on this yesterday. All of Twitter felt like everyone on all the ESPN shows were talking about it. NBA spokesman Mike Bass, he spoke on the matter saying, quote, Kawhi Leonard is not a healthy player under the league's resting policy, and as such, is listed as managing a knee injury in the LA Clippers injury report. The league office, in consultation with the NBA's director of sports medicine, is comfortable with the team medical staff determination that Kawhi is not sufficiently healthy to play in back-to-back games at this time. Basically saying, relax, it's not really load management, it's not rest, it's because of the knee and we're fine with that and we agree with the Clippers. True or false, guys? People are overreacting here to Kawhi's load management, which I throw in quotations. Are people going a little overboard or not? I think they're going right... right Right along the right board. Good board. I, I, yeah, I think it's totally fine to be upset with it because of what happened last year. That was last year. I thought coming into this season that he would play more and that he wouldn't sit out one half of each back-to-back. I thought that body was healthier. I understand the, the whole line of reasoning from the NBA office that the man is not like other players who are sitting out games and just resting when they just decide to rest. This is an injury that he can't play in back-to-backs. But at the same time, is, is he? you watch him go to the, the finals. Is he not healthier than last year? You know, coming into last year where he only played nine games the previous year, okay, fine, he's going to sit out some games. That's why I think it's, it's right on board. It's okay to deride this situation because, <laughs> yeah, coming in, I, I thought it would be more. And... Uh, Kawhi is the only guy where load management really gets people like Doris Burke up in arms. Again, it's the only real case where people are looking at NBA players and saying they are soft because, yeah, other guys sit out three or four games, but that's, that's, everybody accepts that now. And, and so, yeah, this, this one is going to be the polarizing one. And I think it's okay to, to react to it this way because if you want to look at the frickin' calendar, and I'm, I'm already tired of load management. It's November frickin' 7th. But, yes, he's got days off before the back-to-back, days off after the back-to-back. He doesn't have to travel. Yeah, he could have played. I think we all know that. I think Doc Rivers knows that. Um, but they're looking at the schedule, and they're saying, he doesn't have to play any two games, and we're good enough. So screw it. Yeah, and I mean, it really shows you the difference between L.A. and Toronto. Looking at Kawhi's game log last year, he was inactive for four of the first 11 games last season. I don't remember if those were necessarily all load management games, but a bunch of them were on nights of back-to-back, so I'm imagining that that was the case, and people didn't really care. He was coming off an injury. He was hurt in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, so he does have a minor injury. He was limping all through the finals. We saw him. He, so supposedly he said himself that he is feeling better this year. But to me now, this is more of a league issue than a player issue. The players are obviously getting blasted. And if you're the league, do you like having your best players year after year after year not be able to finish an 82-game season? It happened with Kawhi now. It happened with LeBron. It happened with Dwayne Wade. These are when literally the best player in the game is not finishing an entire season. And you know that going in. Maybe it's not the player that's the problem. Maybe it's the league. Let's drop some back-to-backs. Honestly, that is the solution. Don't make it a choice where which game am I playing in, this one or this one. Have one game that you're playing in. It just feels like Kawhi is sort of saying, I just don't care, though. I'm just going to play whenever I feel like it. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just saying, you know what, I, these, these games, I just, don't, I just don't think I need to play in all these games. And, and that's why I think, uh, you know, Doris was saying what she was saying. Like, it feels... 
you know, so early into the season that he's already resting, and, and he did that same thing last year. But, you know, I mean, if he's, if he's injured, fine. It's, you can't play. That's fine. But it just feels like he's just like, nah, no, I'm only going to play 60 games, and that's it. And, I mean, that is a problem for the league because this is going to become a trend. And, and other guys are going to start going, yeah, that's, that's a smart thing to do if you, if you feel you're going to be playing you know, uh, 20 extra games in the playoffs because I expect LeBron and I expect Anthony Davis will sit out some games this season at some point. And uh, that does become a big problem for the league. If, if the big stars just decide we only have to turn up for three quarters of the games if we feel like it, um, then it, it's going to affect fans. It's going to affect uh, TV rights and, uh, and all those things because people are going to feel shortchanged. So, but Kawhi doesn't care. He, he no, doesn't care at all. For sure. He, you know, and you know what? If, if, it, if this, is in, if this prolongs his career and he wins the championship you know, several times again, then it, you know, fine, it works for him. But uh, the, the, the problem to me is that it's just that. It just feels like you know, he's just saying, I just, don't, I just don't want to play all these games. And um, that's a problem. I don't know how you fix it. Well, people seem to have a problem understanding the concept of preventative care because that's what this is. They, they have, they've literally just proved it last year with him that this idea when he had the quadricep tendon in the one leg and then that, and any runner knows this or anyone that plays sports knows this, you know, you have one issue in one leg, let's say, that can lead to another issue in another part of your body. And that's exactly what happened to with his other knee because of sort of some sort of compensation that can happen. It's pretty common. So, yeah, he is saying this is going to help Obviously, our chances to win a title this year, which is the whole point of this damn thing. And, oh, yeah, it might extend my career as well. I saw, I believe it was Channing Fry with Utah on Handles. Was he not talking about the idea of, like, when he played with Brandon Roy, he's like, I sort of wish Brandon Roy had done something like this and had been a little more preventative and not sort of gone out there and tried to play in every game. Um, and maybe we would have a, you know, Brandon Roy would have had a longer career. That's totally true. It's, yeah, easy to say that after the fact when you look back yeah. and the guy was injured. Um, but... Uh, I, the the problem is when it, when it comes to the, the NBA's point of view is that if this becomes a trend, like right now it's an injured player, and you know I thought I thought it would definitely decrease from last year because he was coming off a, game, a season where he played nine games, but Trey brings up a good point. He was limping in the postseason. Preventative care is real. Uh, I just got my brake fluid changed for what reason? <laughs> no reason. You got to, yeah. but it, it helps. It's in the book. Right. Um, I did it late. <laughs> course i'm not gonna do it on time uh but i i I totally agree listen if we go back to the guys of the 80s and the 90s and and i i said it's easy to say after the fact larry bird wouldn't have played that many games he he would have sat games if he knew what what players knew now and uh, you know doris burke comes from from that mindset i'm sure and 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 we all want to see guys play but Kawhi is an isolated incident and and we can look at him and say that guy sits out because he's hurt the problem I think will be with the NBA is if it becomes there's one guy on every team that plays 60 games, right? Right, <laughs> and, and that's where the issue comes in. But the the league is trying to address it with having the fewest amount of back to backs in a long time. They're down to 12.4 back to backs per team this season, and that's 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 low compared to what it was five years ago, which was over 19. There are no four games in five nights, but it, it sounds like we're getting to a point where we have to decide. 82 games or no back-to-backs? The thing is, are we, we going to play, be playing regular season games into May and then the championship is awarded in July or, you know, you swing it the other way and the season starts in September? I mean, it's going to be one or the other or you shorten this thing, right? Like, that, that's, it makes the most sense. If the Raptors lose to the Sixers in the second round last year, then the conversation, I think, is different. Because yeah. it's like... Oh, it didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. So <laughs> hey, if, if Kawhi... They lose in seven games, he couldn't even get past the second round. That, that to me, could, the fact they went on to win the championship is like, well, see, works. Yeah, that's why sports arguments are so dumb, because yeah. it's so black and white. Because Kawhi Leonard's ball that, that bounces four times <laughs> off the rim, hey, bounces five and it pops out. Sixers go to win in the, in the overtime, as you say, Lee. It didn't work. <laughs> uh, that whole thing didn't work. But, yeah, he, he, it's not... It's not black and white. It's not an indicator of it working. But you're right about the preventive maintenance, Skeets. It, it is, it's true. Channy Fry brought up Brandon Roy. And, and hell, yeah, even Greg Oden. I mean, there's, there's a bunch of guys now that you can say, it would have been nice <laughs> if, they, if they even – and I bring up Larry Bird. The guy had a really short career. Isaiah Thomas, way too short a career. Yeah. There's, there's, there's so many guys that you can look back and say. And, uh, and uh, I guess we're accepting of Joel Embiid 
also manages his load because mm-hmm. he's a, a big, big body. Five, six games. That's cool. But when it comes to 15 games or early in the season. last year, though, so it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. But he, didn't work also missed, he also missed two years to start his career. So he came in, you know, injured. Yeah, that's the true. Difference to, the difference to Kawhi is he wasn't injured coming into his career. Or maybe he was. Who knows? With this, this chronic thigh injury that he's had, he's apparently had it for a long time. But, you know, that, that's a thing. It just comes down to me, the fact that, the, the argument for it is that it worked for the Raptors. So he gets to do whatever he wants. And the Clippers, you know, a part of their uh, sales pitch to him was, I'm sure, hey, Kawhi, you, you, you can tell us when you're playing. You know, they, they want to make sure that they managed him to the point where they weren't saying, no, we expect you to play every single game if you're healthy. So, you know, the Clippers are like, we'll do whatever you want. But the fact they're now 0-2 without him, that's going to be it, interesting it just, to see if, it just this, if, if that changes any of their men, mental, uh, mentality. Well, okay, a couple more things here. One, it just drives me nuts, these people that we've been seeing over the last day that jump up on their soapbox and say, oh, these players are soft. They, this is ridiculous. They'd never do this in this sport. And, and, and Larry Bird would never do this. I literally heard that from Mad Dog Russo. Oh, Larry Bird. He just kept saying, Larry Bird, Larry Bird. He would never do this. What drives me insane is a lot of these people that are shouting this the loudest will not be watching the game anyway, nor would they have been watching if Kawhi was even playing. They're fake fans. They just are doing this to get the clicks. That drives me insane. And then the whole other part of the tray, you sort of slipped it in there. You sound like, yeah, you sound like a mad dog right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm a temper boy right now. The other thing was, Trey, you slipped it in. No one, very few people were making any sort of noise last year when this exact same thing was happening with Kawhi when he was up in Toronto and those Toronto Raptors were not on ESPN on Wednesday night. Well, then no one cared. It wasn't a big deal. It really, really wasn't. We talked about it for like a second and then we're like, okay, that's fine. Moving on. No one cared. Well, there was a difference of him coming off a season where he played nine games. So just because of that, okay, so you're just saying because now he's a year removed and he went on to become the best player in the league, everyone's like, why aren't you just playing every night, right? That's fair. Yeah, yeah he, won, he won the stinking title, but I, there, was, there seems to be a chronic injury, and, and I'm not, I, I definitely right. think How is it surprising that he's doing this, that he's not playing in back-to-backs when he just did it for a year? So we're just, I guess, to assume it's supposed to stop, right, at some point? To some degree. Yeah, I think people did assume that it would stop because he said his body feels great. His body feels better going into this year than it did last year. And clearly the L.A. spotlight is yeah. super different. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I imagine a lot of people got pretty tired last night during that Clippers game and went to bed because they didn't want to stay up and watch it. It was a good game, though. Yeah, it was a great game. But <laughs> that's load management. Going to bed when you're tired. No different. <laughs> <laughs> great point. Like We can talk about this all day. Let's move on here, though. Uh, guys, LeBron's Lakers have emerged as the betting favorites to win the title in June. Caesars Sportsbook updated their odds yesterday. The Lakers currently own plus 300 odds. So you bet $100 to win $300. While the Clippers are now in second at plus 350. Then the Sixers and Bucks at plus 600 behind them. True or false, guys? It's early in the season here, but true or false, the Lakers should be considered the title favorites. True. Yeah, true. why not? Oh. Yeah, why not? They're so far, so good. They've been brilliant after that, that opening night loss to the Clippers. Other than that, they've been fantastic. They've been doing it on the defensive end. LeBron's been great. Anthony Davis has been very good for them. Uh, but yeah, they've, they've been very, very impressive. Things have come together very quickly for them. And uh, I've been, I mean, that game against the Bulls the other night, uh, two nights ago, it looked like the Lakers were like, uh, they looked at the Bulls and they're like, you know, we don't really need to get up for this game. And then they realized the Bulls were serious. And then the Lakers said, all right, it's time to win. And they went out and got that win. So, you know, the game against the Mavericks, they were down big. And they came back against the Spurs, always a tough opponent. And they seemed to find a way to win. So, yeah, right now, I mean, I, I was skeptical about how good they could be uh, immediately. But uh, they've proved me wrong and, and they look fantastic. So, yeah, I would have them favorite right now. But, look, it's, what, November, what are we? Seven. Six? Seven. Seven. Listen, I, I think the Clippers are the better team. Okay. But... When it comes to these odds, this is representative of what people think and, and who they're betting on. And people are betting on the team that's not managing their load. I think that's what it really comes down to. The Clippers have not overwhelmed people because their best player is sitting out and their second best player isn't playing. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's why the money is going on the Lakers. That's why they have to be the favorite. That's why Vegas is, is making sure that all the money that's being paid out is going to be equal. So the Lakers are the favorites now. When Kawhi and Paul George go on a run, it's going to be different, right. and I think they will go on a run because 1 through 12, you look how they played the Bucks without their top two players, literally without their top two players on Wednesday night. 
down to the wire. Yeah. Because they play harder up and down the roster than than the, the Lakers do. Even though you know the Lakers are showing out, they've been very impressive. I I still think they're the better team in LA. Trey. Uh, these guys are very smart, and I have nothing to add. That's 100% correct. Uh, the Lakers have been impressive to start the season. All of their veteran guys that they brought in, I think, have maybe exceeded expectations a little. Kyle Kuzma is back. They're just a healthier team. They're playing a little bit better right now. So if you were talking about November 7th, yeah, they're probably the title yeah. favorite. But come end of the year after those loads have been managed and those guys are feeling fresh, I would still roll with the Clippers. Yeah, I think I have to say true as well. The Lakers have the best defense in the league right now. That's a massive, massive shock. That's going to definitely help the Anthony Davis for uh, Defensive Player of the Year uh, chances. Uh, LeBron's engaged. They're all Dwight's been amazing. We talked about him a couple of times. So yeah, right now, November seventh. That is true. Caesar Sportsbook. They know what they're doing. All right, fun. No, no internal chaos there either with the Lakers. Like no drama so far. Yeah, so far. That, yeah, you know. you're, no, you're, <laughs> that's that's, you know, Rondo hasn't played, so yeah. you know he'll he'll <laughs> he'll shake things up a bit. But you know that that's that's one of the things that comes with the Lakers. That there, there tends to be or, some or sort LeBron, of drama. Yeah. Or LeBron. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so far so good yep. for them. And, and and you know because remember Kevin Love when uh, he joined LeBron and there was a li- you know LeBron sort of had a bit of a, uh, a shot at him on Twitter like a uh, don't fit out fit yeah in. yeah sort of thing you know and, getting and this th- Instagram picture and, and remember of course in Miami it took them a while to get things going but this is clearly the best team with a superstar that LeBron's uh, been on that there's, that's gotten off to a, a pretty much faultless start you would have to say so yeah, that's there, a good there, sign there could be fires that Kindle in so many areas of that locker room, right? Rondo versus the other point guards. Dwight Howard versus everybody who doesn't like <laughs> the farts. coaching staff. Jason Kidd yeah. versus Frank Vogel. Uh, yeah, watching Jason Kidd, he's been very quiet. Yeah, because it's working. He's because not, they're winning. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's, that's right. What happens? Uh, what happens the if they room. go on a yeah three or four game losing streak? What happens then? Um, and yeah, what does what does LeBron start tweeting or Instagramming about? But right now, six and one. Best defense in the league. They're laughing. All right, final one here, guys. Eric Bledsoe. He had a brain fart for the ages in last night's Bucks clippers game. Uh, early in the fourth quarter, the referee handed Bledsoe the ball out of bounds, and Bledsoe just decided to put the ball in play by dribbling into the court. He forgot to pass it. It's a pretty funny clip. Um, so true or false, no one had a worse Wednesday night than Eric Bledsoe because he got the, uh, the Shackton treatment. Yeah, I mean, it's true. Uh, who who did something like that? That that would be well. I guess not a whoopsie because it wasn't on the weekend. But that would be in one of our awards for uh, what would it be? Whoopsie of the year. <laughs> I mean, but, if but, they throw the shooting stars treatment on it, yeah. you go, you're talking about a meme team, yeah, possibly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But that, yeah. that that's one for the forever. ages. That, that's so hard to figure out exactly how he did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've played basketball that much in your life, and you just decide, yeah. You know, little, I'm just going. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> bring it, it up. Like he thinks it's July and it's a pickup run. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody yeah. to inbound still. I'm just <laughs> taking off. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think? True or false? Anyone else have a worse Wednesday night? Really is the question. I'll go false. Aaron Gordon had a tough uh, last minute of the game against the Mavericks last night. Back-to-back offensive fouls, and honestly, they both seemed like offensive fouls. The one in the lane, Dorian Finney-Smith, I thought, beat him to the lane. Yep. Uh, Beat him to the spot, got knocked down. That one looked like a charge. And then the one out on the right wing, uh, sort of by the three-point line, he got called for the extending arm push-off, which you see called all the time as an offensive foul. But Aaron Gordon had a pretty good first half, didn't show out quite as much in the second half but uh two offensive fouls to foul out while your team is in a one possession game is a tough look yeah right. i think that is I'm watching I, I i agree because they finally scored 100 points this team is the last team to score 100 points in the nba in game eight it took them to score 100 points it's just such a confounding team because aaron gordon so much talent in that body he finally has a good game shooting the ball he came in averaging 12 points per game He's got. He's making big money. He's he's ridiculously talented. They've got an all star in Nikola Vucevic. Uh, up and down the roster, they've got talent, but now they're sitting at two and six. They just they can't put it together um, at any point. And Fournier is not Fournier. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of odd watching them. And then Aaron Gordon definitely should have got called for those two calls. The Mavs can play D, and they stepped up and played that defense. And Aaron Gordon, that's that's sort of his problem. Uh, he's trying cr- to create off the bounce. Yeah, like you said, started off nice, 10 for 17, 23. That's double his season average, uh, 23 points there, basically. But um, strange, strange ending there in, in, in that game. 
I think Tim Hardaway Jr. maybe sold the second one a little bit. Oh, Unless yeah, he yeah, just yeah. lost his balance, but he went flying. And I'm not sure Aaron Gordon extended his arm that far on him, but yeah. That's uh, true. It, it was just right in front of the referee. Yes. That's a, yeah. a poor place to extend the arm. That's that's right. And then and the Mavs were trying to give this game to the Magic, too. That's the other part of this. Like They had a couple brutal turnovers in the final minute of the game when they had the one-point lead. Seth Curry missed two free throws late. Um, and, and then Vucevic had a pretty good look. Um, pretty open three-point shot at the end and just didn't knock it down. And so the Mavericks somehow escaped with that. It was a weird, weird ending in that one. All right, we got some news here, guys. Ben Simmons left Wednesday's game in Utah with a sprained AC joint in his right shoulder. He's going to be reevaluated today. He appeared to injure the shoulder in the first quarter when he collided with Royce O'Neal while turning with the ball in the post. Sort of banged into him. Uh, he passed it back after contact, grabbed that shoulder, and uh, obviously didn't play a ton in this game. Utah went on to win this game, 106-104. Um, but yes, Embiid comes back, and in the same game, or that the, right when he's back there not long after, Ben Simmons out with the shoulder injury. Cause for concern here, or just you know, just like a stinger type of thing? What do you think? Uh, probably a little more than a stinger um, because he sort of definitely uh, looked like it was sort of wobbling and shaking a little bit there um, and he had to come out straight away. Question is, is that his shooting arm or not? We're not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one knows. Yeah, no, but uh, obviously if he is out for an extended period, then that's a a blow to uh, to the Sixers for sure because he's been great so far this season. But yeah, one of those weird injuries that uh, didn't look all that bad. Yeah. But the fact that uh, he was gone and they pretty much ruled him out straight away I'm pretty, once he got to the locker room, they said he's not coming back. So uh, hopefully it is only something that's minor, but I guess we'll wait the next uh, 24 hours and hear a little bit more. Decent timing, though, for the Sixers. Over the next two weeks, they've got the Hornets, they've got the Cavs twice, they've got the Magic, who are struggling a little bit right now, and they've got the Knicks. So mm-hmm. if you're going to be missing one of your best players, at least there's some bad teams to try and beat up on. That, that's fair. Um, Jazz looked good in this one, though. Um, did well on the boards, took control in the third quarter behind Donovan Mitchell. Um, he really sparked a run. Conley starting to get it going. Uh, Bogdanovich a little bit starting to get it going. I think the Jazz are slowly but surely here starting to find the right footing. Um, Conley had been brutal over the first four games. I mean, he was shooting like 20% and now has at least bumped it up to a more reasonable like 43% over the last four games. But what did you guys, were you guys impressed with what you saw from the Jazz pulling out that win despite, you know, Ben Simmons going out for the Sixers? Well, they're a good home team. Uh, they've been they're unbeaten at home so far this season, uh, so they do definitely have an advantage there. But they're, they're, there's something not quite right about them yet. They haven't got that uh, haven't gotten into the flow. I don't think that we that we expected them to be one of the top two or three teams in the Western Conference so far. Because you know when when you lose Simmons like that, you expect the Jazz to sort of be able to take that game away from. I know they've still got some very good players, Horford and Embiid, but um, I'm waiting for the for the Jazz to sort of get it together. And I think part of that is Mike Conley, you know, just getting him used to that system because he has struggled. And once he gets it going, I think the Jazz are going to improve a lot. But uh, yeah, so far, you know, their defense has been very good as it always is. Yeah. But um, offensively, things are things just aren't quite clicking as yet. Um, as I, I'm not sure what they're trying to do there with Donovan Mitchell. Is he? What do you mean? Is Conley trying to be the point guard and Donovan playing off it, or is it sometimes just Donovan's like, you know what, I'm just going to be the point guard like a James Harden? Because it seems it seems a little bit like that to me that they haven't quite figured out that uh, that role yet for Conley and, and Mitchell to share the ball. That's just my observation of it. Yeah, it's a good question. You know, it's uh, the Jazz have had a lot of continuity over the years, so it's not super surprising that on the offensive end they would still be trying to find out a way to make everybody click, especially when you're adding a Conley to... Donovan Mitchell, also Boyan Bogdanovich. Those are guys who can handle the ball and pass the ball and create a little bit on their own. It's kind of been all Donovan and Ricky Rubio in the past, and Rubio, as we know, isn't just looking to pop from the outside. So, I don't know. The Jazz just seem to start slow to me. Rudy Gobert comes into every season angry. Remember last year he smacked that water bottle off the table? (laughs) Last year it was complaining about the defense because they weren't allowed to foul anymore. Once the the rules loosened up, they got used to playing with each other the off or the defense picked up and they were able to become the jazz that we're used to i imagine the same thing will happen on the flip-flop they'll get to be a better offensive team as they learn how to fit in with each other because mitchell has had a lot of license over the past throughout his career his three seasons to do basically whatever he wants with the ball offensively now he's got to share it a little bit more and he figure out a way to be uh, an effective team player, lead player. Yeah, I think you're going to get some of those possessions where Donovan Mitchell decides to bring it up and say, there's two defenders in front of me, but I'm going to try and go through both those defenders and, and try and lay it up. I think that's just sort of Donovan Mitchell's 
mindset, that takeover. He's got a little bit of Wade, a little bit of Russell Westbrook, where he's like, I'm, this is my possession. I'm going to do it. But I think he is learning how to balance with Mike Conley, which is, like, like you guys mentioned, the first time he's got to do that in his career. And it's paying off. Lowest turnovers of his career thus far, less than two right now, highest field goal percentage, highest three-point percentage, yeah. both by far. He's shooting over 50%. Donovan Mitchell never come close to shooting 50% from the floor. So I think, uh, yeah, it's going to take time. But, uh, yeah, five and three, I think, I think you can – be all right with that at this point. Oh, hundred percent. I'm super high on this team, despite yeah the five and three semi sluggish, I guess whatever you want to call it. Start because you're right. The defense is elite already, not a shock when you got Gobert, and the offense is garbage for the, because they're trying to figure it out still. It's only going to get better. These guys are only going to hit shots, and they're going to get a little more comfortable with what they're running, be it, especially you know Conley and Bogdanovich paired with there, and you know even Ingles to some extent too. So. You know, their losses are like to the Lakers and they lost to the Clippers and they did lose the one on the road to the Kings. Okay, that's not great, but it was a one-point game. Could have gone either way. They're fine. This this team is going to win a lot of regular season games, especially as that offense comes around. I 100% believe that. All right, we had, um, I, I sort of te- teased this at the beginning. Stepping on the beach yesterday, we had a question about, uh, a fan wrote in and said, you know, with these suspensions, maybe the guys should only miss the games at home. So you don't punish the the road fans so like if you only go and play in portland once and you're whatever joel Embiid and you've been suspended well you know what you actually play so the fans can see you in portland and you serve your suspension with those home games and we couldn't really when we were talking it out correct me if i'm wrong we couldn't really find something wrong with that right seemed to make Mm -hmm. a little bit of sense but 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 adam clements tweeted at us guys suspending players only for home games shouldn't happen Part of the challenge is winning games on the road without your best player due to their misbehavior. And where do we draw the line? Should DeAndre Ayton and John Collins still be playing away games? No. That's what Adam Clement says. Mm. So. Good point. Good point. That's a plus one for Adam. One we didn't think about. You, you, are, you, yeah, uh, are you being yeah. sarcastic? Well, I, I, I mean, no, no. I'm just saying like they're, they're different suspensions for different punishments, aren't they? You know? Yes. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah, it would be silly to see if Aiton playing, you know, <laughs> playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's twenty-five games, if it were yeah. to happen in the middle of the season, you would only be playing home games, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good point. You then. would, uh, unfortunately, skates. You know, you're across the border, so you couldn't tell if Lee was being sarcastic. Yeah. But I feel, I feel like you'll be home soon. I feel like you're going to get that approval soon, and you'll and you'll be seeing him. <laughs> you'll be able to tell. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. He was, he's ha- he was being half in the bag there. He was, yeah. he was half joking. Oh, look, you always want to consider things, you know? You want to consider things. <laughs> yeah, but, way to uh, have an open mind. Yeah. 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 I, I just think, you know, with a suspension, it, it shouldn't ever be um, – it shouldn't be conditional. It's like, you know what? You got suspended. Yeah. That's it. You're out. You know, like, like my brother, for example, back in the day where we were playing juniors, he got into a fight in a senior game and he got suspended f- for four weeks. Whoa. So he actually got suspended for juniors and seniors because the suspension was like four weeks suspended basketball. Wow. And he was like, why, why can't I play juniors? Sorry, man, you've been suspended for four weeks. You can't play anything. Juniors so, and seniors. Yeah. Oh, so you're like, he's like, uh, <laughs> he's basically like, I got suspended in the NBA, but why can't I go play in the G League? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. Which you exactly. can't do, I guess. I never really thought about that. Well, yeah. Right? And yeah. B can't go play. I mean, you know, Aiton or Collins can't go play in the G League. No, no, so, no. I wonder if I, I could... think if you're on a two-way contract, like a guy who would actually play in the G League. <laughs> you think so? I nah, think you could go down. Think, like Bruno, Bruno Caboclo gets suspended in the <laughs> I NBA. I don't know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why don't you suspend it? You suspend We've got to find out about that. Wow. Right. But look, look. Wow. You guys keep tweeting at us, keep emailing us. We read this stuff, and uh, when we can pepper it into the show, we definitely will. So shout out to Adam for tweeting at us at No Dunks Inc. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Lily, tweet of the night. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. I got one here. Oh, my <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. uh, He's not being sarcastic. No, no. I, I was scouring last night, and uh, the early games weren't all that great last night. Wasn't a lot to talk about. Um, no, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of great tweets flying about, but I found one. I found one that's had 500 likes, so that's, oh, that's wow. pretty good. Nice. That's pretty good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And it came from the uh, Kings and Raptors game. Uh, Kyle Lowry, we know, is one of the most uh, vociferous uh, NBA players. He's always going at the referees in, yep. in the fourth quarter. He got whistled for a, for a blocking foul that he didn't agree with, so he, uh, he made his K 
haste to the referee and was whistled with a technical foul. Only his third one for the season, but you know he gets a lot. But he's always, always, always drawing with the refs. And so uh, Raptors longtime beat reporter Doug Smith tweeted this. The greatest turn in the history of pro sports would be Kyle Lowry retiring and becoming a ref. <laughs> okay, that's not bad. <laughs> sure. That's what we're looking for here. <laughs> 500 likes. So, you know, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well I, received. Personally, I didn't see it. So yeah. uh, if we're yeah, judging by right. your standards, hey. it can't be everybody's seen it. I well actually, done. Well I actually, done. Uh, I actually was, was hoping that Trey, because you were down at the Fortress last night for the Bulls game, mm-hmm. and uh, you stayed afterwards because you, you were going to kind of, uh, well, I was hoping you were going to tweet a little bit of Jim Boylan's post-game scrum there. You only had two tweets, though, so... You know, he was, was pretty low-key, to yeah. be honest. I was like, even Jim Boylan's on a back-to-back right now. But he did end by saying, nice to see y'all. Going to go have some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and then I heard him from the hallway. I heard him in the locker room saying, uh, these are the spicy ones, right? These ones are spicy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went in the Bulls locker room, and it smelled like Chick-fil-A. Wow. So, you know, wow. What a night. <laughs> Tweet it next time. <laughs> okay, next time it smells like Chick-fil-A, I will yeah. let everybody know for Yeah, sure. Bulls yeah. hammering the Hawks um, in Atlanta. Lloyd Pierce not happy after the Ooh. game. Yeah, Melvin Hunt he's not a, happy oh. during the game. Yeah. He's definitely a candidate for worst <laughs> worst night last night. Uh, yeah. He was pretty upset that old Jimbo called the timeout twice in the fourth quarter despite it being a 20-point game. Yeah. Uh, ugly game. <laughs> I could see Jim Boylan being upset about getting a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich versus a Popeye's you know he could get mad about the whole chicken situation do they have Popeye's in Chicago yes they do but mm-hmm. not Chick-fil-A then, they have no. Chick-fil-A in oh, Chicago oh, as well Lee have you tried either of these not as many I mean there, there are as many I, I, I have tried Chick-fil-A uh, yes because there's one just over the road from my place so I have been there uh, I have to admit yes I've been there once or twice yeah. don't like to I'm not proud of it <laughs> But um, was Popeyes uh, was Popeyes the one that had that uh, the crazy sandwich over the summer? The, excuse me. Yeah, that was the one. Now they're both having competing sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, right. I want to try that one. I want to know what the fuss is about. <laughs> yeah, go do it. What That's is what it though? What's so special about it? Well, you got to try uh, it. Popeyes makes it. I I don't know. It I seems, haven't tried that sandwich yet either. Yeah, it but, uh, seems to me they just got a very, very positive viral moment out of it. Sure. That's, that's uh, all I can see. I'm not seeing anything that's like unique about it well, or special. How, yeah. Well, how are you supposed to see the taste through a no, tweet? No, but, but like I, I want people to say like, that's a new thing they've got. Or it's like, oh, man, they introduced this and it's awesome. It seems to me it's just their standard sandwich that just caught fire this summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they didn't have a sandwich. That's the thing. It's oh. Popeyes is now in the sandwich game. Take your pocket money down to Popeyes <laughs> and get yourself a sandwich. Okay, that's, so that makes a little bit more sense. Then. They've in, they introduced that. I thought it was just like people just went crazy for the Popeyes this summer. And, you know. <laughs> well, we got, some people some people are Team Chick-fil-A. Some people are Team Popeyes. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, we let's, gotta, uh, let's do a social video where yeah, so uh, Lee tries it. them both. And, and he weighs in on which one he likes more. He's going to hate both right Sounds now. Good. I know the answer. He's a, well, no, no, look, look, I mean, the thing with junk food for me, I don't like to eat it uh, because it's not good for you, but yeah. I, I'm a reformed junk uh, food addict. I mean, I used to live on it. So, you know, I can still appreciate it for a, okay. a viral so video. So we'll get a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. We'll get a Popeye's chicken sandwich and you can taste test them. Weigh them up. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. chicken. You're getting away from red meat, but it's yeah. chicken. Yeah, it's yeah. fried. It's okay. okay. Yeah, it's a little fried. Right. We're doing oh. this. We're doing it. It's not going to be a pick and payoff, by the way, either. You're just going to have to do it. All right. Speaking of pick and payoff, let's get to the pick and results uh, from Wednesday night. It was the Bucks Clippers game. Bucks were favored by two and a half, had to win by three or more. They just held on and won by five. Trey was the only one to take the Clippers. Trey Swervey. He swerved at the last second, and he <laughs> said he was going to regret it, and he probably is. He's 1-3 now. Trey, you're 1-3 after taking the Clippers in the loss there. And everybody else is 2-2 two two after taking the Bucks. I believe the official line actually went out to 5.5. Oh, wow. I, oh. I mean, obviously, we don't change our line once it's locked nope, in there. Once we but, locked uh, that line in. Trey, like would have, really Trey would have got the win last night uh, if we'd taken that out. line. Shamit was trying his best, man. Yeah. He was on fire there in the fourth quarter. I was I was feeling all right. Yep. It's like waiting for the tickets to go down in price. Yeah. The line's <laughs> always best <laughs> right before the game. Yeah. All right, what's our game tonight? No, obviously not as many games on as Wednesday night. No, a four-game four night. Four uh, game night. Fortnite. We're playing Fortnite. <laughs> Fortnite game night. Uh, there's so, many, so much Fortnite talk around the NBA right now. I think uh, a lot of players uh, are streaming online, playing against each other. Yeah. You want to get in the game? It's good for them. Get some you skins. Know what? Get your it's colors. super. Hold up. Fortnite is I, super fun to watch somebody play. 
It's really strange. I've never played it, but I've watched multiple people play it, and I've gotten really into it. Right. So are you, you going on Twitch? Just uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't got that far. No, I like to be in person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be there. Yeah. Let's, let's start a Fortnite Where we drop it? Where we drop it? Let's start a Fortnite channel. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, tonight, four game night in the NBA. A couple five and two teams going at it. The Phoenix Suns are five and two, and they're hosting the Miami Heat. Mm. So a couple teams you wouldn't expect necessarily to win that many games thus far. The line is really, really close. The Phoenix Suns are favored by one and a half right now. The Suns are favored. That's, uh, yeah, that's fascinating strange. to see. Yeah, but probably rightfully so. Okay. Yeah. Suns People one are and all- a half. People are pumped for the Suns more so than they're pumped for the Heat, I right. think. Um, wow. That's tough. That is a very tough game. I'll start off, I suppose. Uh, give, me the, <laughs> yeah, give me the Suns. Ooh, <laughs> oh, okay. Man, I don't know. Okay. I haven't locked that in. I'll, I'll just uh, oh, yeah, right. Give me on. the Suns. Give me the Suns. All right. All right. I'll take the Heat. I'll flip it up. I'll take the Heat on the road. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough. It's like which form of being warm do you like? The Suns or the Heat? Mm. They're both good. Um, okay. Heat, Heat it is. Okay. okay, give me the give me the Sun. Oh, split! I love it. I love it. All right, so Tass and Lee have the Suns favored by one and a half, so they got to win by two or more. And uh, Trey and I have the Heat. Good luck to everybody out there. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at No Dunks Inc. Don't forget to rate and review the No Dunks podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five stars only because you're our friend. And don't forget about the other shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. You got Count the Dings. You got Back to Back. You got Tampering. Hoops Adjacent with Big Waz and DA. That's a blast. And there's over a dozen team-specific shows featuring a number of athletic reporters. And look. Look, 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 real talk here. If you're not a member of The Athletic, you got to wise up, all right? You can get all of our podcasts and all these other ones ad-free if you want, plus the best sports writing in the damn world. Get 40% off your subscription today. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, folks. And remember, that's theathletic.com slash no ducks. Happy birthday, JD! Hey. Happy birthday, JD! Hey. Hey. Race the day, people. <laughs>